Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week's episode is a bit different to our normal format because I'm not in it. The Temple Isle Book Fair launched in the south of France last week, and Stack was there with a pop-up magazine shop selling some of our favourite independent magazines. We sent our editor Kitty and magazine manager Lucy to take care of things there, and Kitty also took the microphone with her so she could record a few conversations with the artists and publishers on the other stalls. The Isle Book Fair grew out of the photography festival that's been held in the town for 50 years, so it's not surprising that all the titles you're going to hear from are photographic, but they're also all zines and they all embrace the ease and accessibility and unpretentiousness that the format tends to bring with it. You're going to hear three conversations in all. There are a couple of shorter interviews, one about Boys to Men, a collection of men doing gross things, photographed by the artist Thick Nina, and then Narco, a zine collecting all the actors who've played Pablo Escobar on film and TV, created by the Colombian artist Lina Ibanez. But first of all, you're going to hear about Album, a zine of found images by the Norwegian duo Elin Mugas and Elise Storsveen, which has been running for more than 10 years, creating unusual associations between images that were never meant to be seen alongside each other. Elin talked us through the strange fascination held in those found images and how they go about unlocking the hidden meanings with themes like pregnant men or lonely men or children and pets. You'll also hear the general bustle of the fair going on around them and I hope they give a sense of what it was like in there in amongst the stalls in Arles. I'm here with the fanzine project I'm doing with another artist and it's called Album. It's, uh, it's a fanzine made up of found images uh, out of a big archives that we have collected over many, many years. And it started actually because uh, the other artists and I uh, wanted to do something together and we, ha- we knew we had these big archives and we decided to start playing together with the images. And then sort of we started just piling on with lots of rules until we came up with the fanzine. Nice. And why fanzine? What does fanzine mean? Well, the fanzine was something that was around when we were kids, and then of course it comes from out of a fan a fanhood. Like one would like it was homemade stuff that kids made for bands and stuff. And you know, images weren't available the way that images are available now. So, so you like could, you would kind of get your favorite yeah. bands and stick yes. out. What was your favorite? What my, was the one? That? My favorite when we were kids. I think we, she and I had the same. We were really into Nina Hagen at the time. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And what you would get all the magazines and then yeah, and then you could cut out images and then you you know you tape them down and then you 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 have your dad bring him you to his office and then you could use the copy machine <laughs> to make you know copies. That's that's the kind of things. So you know and then of course it had a big sort of tradition within the whole sort of punk community later. But uh, we were interested in the in uh, finding a way to work that sort of were that was very hands-on and that was easy and that was something you could that didn't cost a lot of money to actually produce and that was yeah sort of immediate yeah and communicative yes like looking at the looking kind of leafing through it's a kind of magazine shaped zine and it does look like it's been photocopied together and then the images inside are really arresting like if you just look into the kind of 
first page of the first ever one there's a man wearing a kind of v-neck jumper and a tie and, and holding what seems to be a pregnant belly and then on the left there's a kind of woman cradling a shoe like it's a baby and I just wondered what are these found images what is a found image and, and how do you find them? Well, most of the images are from books and magazines from flea markets, and we've been going to flea markets for you know 30 years, collecting and cutting out images that we've been interested in for other things in our art practices. And uh, so there are some of them from advertisements, some are from cookbooks, some are from sex lexicons, something that was popular in the 70s. What's a sex lexicon? <laughs> it's it was typical of something Scandinavian, you know, and there was a way of producing something with kind of erotica, but under the guise of being information. Oh, I love it. So what kind of thing would you have in it? Well, you know, you would list all these different themes on sex, but it would be listed alphabetically, for example. You know, things like that. What would be A? <laughs> like anal sex. <laughs> for yeah. example, you know, yeah. then it would go on. You know, it would be in Scandinavia, so you can translate it, but it would yeah. be weird things like that, you know, that uh, things would come after each other in this really random order because it had nothing to do with each other other than the fact that it starts with the letter A or B or, you know, nice. things like that. So, so we, what we're actually doing is trying to put two pictures together that comes from very different sources and make those images say something that they weren't supposed to say in its original context. We've got all the magazines laid out in front of us here. Um, would you talk me through the most evocative kind of connection that you drew through this kind of collage-like or a memorable one that sticks in your mind? Huh, huh, huh. Wow. It's, it's, it's hard to, but I mean, one of the things uh, typically that we've been doing is like the, the third issue is on lonely men. And that was, uh, was a theme that came out of just, we, we didn't really know what we were going to do the, the, the scene on. And we just spread all the images out on this like really big floor. And we realized having all the images spread out that 80% of all photographs taken between 1920 and like 1998 was of a man by himself sort of you know, in the, in the world, sort of approaching whatever. So that was really fascinating to see that if there's a machine, there's a man. If there's a landscape, there's a man. Almost never a woman, it's always a man, mm. and he's always that. So that was interesting then to see if we could sort of uh, bring some poetry into that in a different way, like instead of him being, you know, the representative of all humans, he became then this, like, lonely figure looking in all kind of corners of the world, trying to find meaning and love and these type of things so it's you know wow <laughs> I love that and I saw that you also have one did you say it was about children and pets yeah we had one is that number six number six so on the cover of number six can you just describe the cover on the cover is an image of a fetus of a the head of a fetus and you can see all its veins so it's almost this kind of like the root of a tree that sort of spreads across mm. the the head of the fetus and why did you want to do babies or pets and I, I think that's interesting that you're not doing just a baby issue you're doing babies or pets yeah yeah and I think we've described it as like to, uh, on having children or a pet you know when it's when you want something younger and cuter than yourself and the younger lover will no longer do you know it's that kind of <laughs> you need to take care of something that thing that ticking thing is like kicks in and you know and yeah, it's for no some longer fun to take care of a partner. <laughs> you know, a partner who can't take care of himself stops being sexy after a time, and yeah. you would want something. It's better to get a dog, yes. really. So, but you need to do. So it's all about this kind of care, caregiving thing, and and you know, feeding and washing, and but in the beginning, it's a sort of birthing theme going on, like pressing something. If you do a lot of like pressing big things through 
small holes. They seem to be a goal. Will you joke. describe to me some of those <laughs> images if we can get out the magazine? Well, here in the beginning, here is a pregnant man. We love pregnant men. Why? Why do you love pregnant men? Is this well, you know, it's this is part of it's when you work with existing images. It's it's like you start realizing how sh- how they are shaping the way we think and mm. how sort of sexist they are. Most of all mm. images. So this will be one of the the narratives that we try to change is to change the gender roles or to change the way that women are passive and men are active and try. You mm. know, so this is something we're constantly trying to do. And where did you find that image of the pregnant man? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, but I think this is an, a mag- I think it's a magazine on health. So okay. it's on, you know, like oh, obesity. So okay. He's not pregnant. He's supposed to be fat, you know, and then uh, but it's, it looks better pregnant. It's more positive. Yes. You know, uh, yeah, so the first birthing image is uh, actually of of uh, some naked children playing that they're giving birth to a doll. This is a very Scandinavian image from the 70s. And then underneath it is an image of a deep-freezed salmon coming out of a, of a plastic bag or something. But that, you know, it, then it becomes evocative of, like, all those kind of, uh, what do you call that in English? You know, what holds the, the water that the baby is in? Yes. All those, like, thin, hymeny oh, things. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, um, the amniotic <laughs> yeah. fluid. Yes, yes. That, the bag that holds that. Yes. You know, so it's, so, and there's another uh, image, too, of a cat inside of a... A plastic bag for some reason, but then all, they all become, you know, inside the body, and and after that is, I think, it's a man in a really big puffy chair, and he's swallowed up by the chair, and then there's a, an Inuit woman with with her the head of her baby coming out of her her big fur anorak, you know, wow. which all sort of, but it, it all they all give this image of something coming out, being pressed out, yes. or something bigger, and this larger type of kind of body-ish thing. How do you choose your themes? Because they're quite strangely specific in a way, like lonely men, babies and pets. Well, the lonely man, he sort of came out of just the sheer number of images that existed. And then, but sometimes there will be, we will be uh, collecting images that interest us and that usually there are a few of something that we think, oh, this is not that many pictures of, of these kind of things. And then, you know, like all the, on, on, on uh, which we have some tables here too with some collages on it. And that's all the images of women with cameras. And when you looked at a lot of photography books, there's very, the women are usually the ones being photographed and the men are the one holding the camera. Okay. So then there became something that every time you find a picture of a woman with a camera, it's stuck in a separate folder and then that will be turned into a fancy and so then there's enough. that's kind of um, coming up? That's, that's probably coming up, but then I would uh, guess what will happen is that we will probably introduce a second theme into that. Like suddenly like the thing that they are photographing will start appearing and mm. then there will be a mix of those two things. And that's when they're sort of more humorous uh, while they're connect, you know, connecting, connections will actually happen. And why no text? Well, I think that this is... Uh, when we started out, we were, we were also coming from a, an arts... Uh, like a thing in the, in the arts scene in Norway where the press releases were becoming longer and longer and they were like sort of an academic paper almost. And I think we were sort of interested in how we know that text can change an image. But we were interested to see if we can really push the image on its own mm. and we could actually change how you read an image just through images. And we, we kind of believed it, but then we, we needed to sort of test it out mm. if we could sort of push these t- different types of, of stories or, or like, of, if people could actually follow us with, without us explaining what they were about. Yeah. 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 And that was interesting to, to, 
yeah, to try out. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. So the zine is called Boys to Men. Uh, it's by a Croatian-Canadian artist named Thick Nina. Uh, she, it's actually her first zine, and um, she did not study photography. She was actually in marketing, uh, but has been photographing for at least five to six years, if not longer, with um, mostly with point-and-shoot cameras because it suits her style of more intimacy and being able to move quickly within any, any scenario that pops up. And part of her art practice deals with social media a lot, too. She's got a heavy Instagram presence, um, and captions play a big part in, in injecting more humor into the work uh, that she does. Uh, the zine is about... Uh, <laughs> so I can see the cover. It says Boys to Men, and it's a little baby um, opposite what I assume to be his mother's quite large, exposed breasts, kind of looking at them. So, do you want to take it from there? Yes. Um, and with that, that kind of sums up uh, the very beginning of it. Uh, and the title, the title explains a lot, too. Boys to Men. So, it's about the growth of, of um, men from boys. Uh, and how even as they go from childhood through adolescence uh, to, like, early 20s, 30s into adulthood and marriage, um, there are certain traits to men that just never change, often in relationship to women and how they perceive them, how they react to them, how they act with them, and across various social contexts. So what's your favorite spread in this issue? Uh, my favorite spread? Um, <laughs> I think the last spread is actually my favorite because... Will you explain it, a little bit about yes. what, what you see here? <laughs> what I see here is men being disgusting. Uh, there's one photo showing two guys comparing photos of um, some defecation uh, that, they, that they've taken at some point during the past few days, I'd assume, oh. if not longer. Um, we've got uh, a man with a cigarette on his, in his foot, or in between his toes, so his toes are holding ah. the cigarette, uh, on a very messy table. Uh, we have a, a wound on an elbow, uh, presumably from a fall, whether it's skateboarding or just maybe drunken foolishness. <laughs> uh, and then we've got somebody on their phone with McDonald's surrounding them. Um, and you can't tell too easily, but they're on Tinder on their phone. So, uh, and <laughs> the One of my favorite photos in the spread is uh, a man who's nude holding a towel from his mouth covering his genitals with a Britney Spears poster on his wall, and then it looks like a, a Renaissance painting of some kind. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's very chaotic, but it also captures a lot of, of different sensations. What's the most evocative sensation for you? Uh, I think that disgust. <laughs> but also it's, it's a disgust that's like very comfortable with itself. Is that familiar as a man? Um, to some degree, I, I don't think I'm. I'm. I don't think I, I. I can relate entirely to the the extremes of it, but yeah, I think most men can relate to some at least some aspect of it. And that's the other thing is there's a variety. It, it reaches a lot of different varieties of disgust, yeah. from like pretty, pretty like obvious almost shock to stuff that's more below the surface, um, and and shows more of the traits that that run deep in men. And how did she find these images? Did she take them, or did she find them from the internet? Yes, these are all her images. Uh, they vary from 
friends, to strangers. Um, some there's some of her parents in here, some of her close friends, her relatives in Croatia, uh, friends in Toronto where she is currently residing, um, and then strangers in Toronto as well. Uh, some from like festivals she shoots at events that she happens to be at at bars. Uh, so just ev wherever she happens to be at at any point in life. And can you tell me a little bit about your your work as a publisher? Uh, yes, uh, so I've s uh, my main work is I self-publish a lot of things and then work collaboratively. Um, I publish a lot of my own zines uh, and then I've worked with various other artists to publish like curated publications. Uh, one was a, a photo, somewhere in between a photo book and a photo magazine of about 30 to 40 artists. Uh, and it was a way, it, it operated on multi, uh, a few different levels, including experimenting with design and layout, uh, but then also pr creating a platform for other artists' work to be seen in a new and in a new context. Um, and I've co-curated with, with people before, including um, one of my regular collaborators, Carlos Loret de Mola. Uh, and that was another opportunity where we had about 60 to 70 zines in a very small room um, just in order to get everything in conversation with itself and to overwhelm the audience that came in. Um, it's a lot to take in and it was also a way to try and force the audience to reconsider viewing or reading pub photo publications. Uh, a lot of the people that we talked to, they came once but because it was so much they, they were they were excited and they wanted to come back so they would come back in order to try and see as much as they could. And, and um, one thing I wanted to ask finally is uh, wh why, why zines? Why do you love zines? Because we work with magazines, but you're uh, kind of zine nut. Uh, zines, there's a lot of reasons. Zines are cheap, which makes it easier to get them out there too. Not everybody can buy a 50 or $60 book. So how much does this one cost? Uh, this one is 13, 13 euro. Okay, yes. that's quite expensive for a zine, I think. Um... <laughs> included is also travel costs like doing yeah. fairs is tough yeah, yeah, yeah so we try and incorporate that in and still keep it reasonable yeah um, but the other thing is it's, it's just nice it lets people read them and even if they don't buy them it's something that you're you're e it's easier to pick up like mm. you're, uh, if you come across a book that's like 100 or 200 euro <laughs> you're you're thinking about it while you're you're looking through it more than likely like you don't want to damage it you don't want to you don't want to make it dirty or anything. A zine, I mean, they they get dirty. You see signs of wear on them, mm. um, and it's easier to trade them too, like, or give them as gifts. So it's it's something. It's a very democratic and universal form of publication, I think. Uh, and that's one thing too is that the boundaries between photo zines and photo books, magazines, they've all been changing for a while and converging, uh, and diverging at different points as well. But it's a very interesting time to be a publisher, uh, where. The means of production are just open. That's great. Thank you so much. This book is actually from a Colombian photographer who is living in Brazil right now. Uh, her, her name is Lina Ibanez. And this is a fanzine uh, about uh, all the actors that have played uh, Pablo Escobar in films or in comedy shows or everything you can imagine. And 
it comes with a little bag of uh, something that looks like cocaine but it's not it's a flower uh, to do a typical Colombian dish which is named uh, arepa and there is uh, another version of this book this is the smallest version but she did another version in where you you will find this little book inside another one bigger an older book that she finds uh, in some fairs like one book for one euro she buys this book she did uh, this um, hole in the book and this teeny book is hidden in the other one so, so it's, it's like, like uh, where you keep your drug stuff yeah exactly that's it <laughs> oh my god and it's, it's very small it's, yeah it's very it's small. all in a kind of little plastic baggie as well um with who is the actor who's playing Pablo Escobar here no this is Pablo Escobar as well yeah this is the real one the but real one. everybody a mug shot of him it's just actors that have played uh, for example there is a Brazilian one actor because in the Netflix series uh, the guy that played Pablo Escobar was this one a Brazilian actor um, Colombians I know were very cross that it was a Brazilian <laughs> playing him how do you feel about it? Uh, his Spanish was awful, but he's a good actor. <laughs> yeah, my uncle is Colombian and he was so cross. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't make sense, right? We have to agree about that because should be a Colombian actor. But the problem is the director of the series from Netflix is Brazilian. Maybe it's because of that. And he always used this actor in his m movies or series and everything. But it doesn't make sense. And how does the um, the maker of the magazine, is it kind of coming from a point of view that people shouldn't be making TV about this kind of painful history? Or what do you think is the motive? No, I think she's, she's trying to laugh about all those people that have played this guy at, at somewhere at some time because he's like a, um, a character that... I don't know how Colombians feels about about this 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 problem this this character of their country, but I think she's trying to laugh about this and she's trying to make you laugh about this story because yeah. I mean we can do we cannot do anything else you know we we can just laugh about that. That's why she put the arepa flower to make her laugh even more. Yeah. <laughs> And can you explain to me what it was like getting this bag of white powder through security to get to France from Brazil? Anybody stopped the guy that brought this because uh, I am living here, but the guy that came from Brazil with the books didn't have any problem with this. What's your favorite image in here and why? Oh, for me, it's the cover because it's the real one and even you have asked if this is an actor as well I mean this is the real one and this photo was made when when he was uh, first time in prison but he was so sure that nothing would happen to him that he smiled to the photo and you cannot smile in in the photograph of the police you know but he smiled because he know he, he, he knew at that time that in a few days he would be out Oh, that's it. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.
Okay, that's all for this week. Thanks very much to all the people who spoke to us. Just to recap, you first heard about Album by Aline Mugas and Elise Storsveen, then Boys to Men by Thick Nina, and finally Narco by Lina Ibanez. We'll be back to our normal format next week with me speaking to just one person about just one magazine. So follow us wherever you get your podcasts if you want to hear that. And of course, remember, we've got loads of conversations with magazine makers in our archives. Again, they should be ready and waiting for you wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks very much for listening to this one. And we'll be back with that next episode next week.